0: Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. Join me as we have a real-life discussion on how to change your life by changing your thoughts. Remember, question everything, trust yourself, and find your truth. Welcome to the Create What You Speak podcast. My name is Sloan Fremont, and I'm your host. This week, I have back one of my favorite guests, Dr. Erhard Vogel. And we've been doing a monthly series over, it's almost been a year now that we've been, we've been joining each other each month to have conversations on really how to live our highest potential, um, how to actually experience, how to actually experience ourselves and how to be engaged in life and, in, in experience life from that way. But today, I want to talk about something a little different. I want to talk about what our pets teach us about life. Earhart, I know you're a dog lover. Um, I'm a dog lover. I have a dog. I have, also have a cat. But this is something, this topic to me is fun. And it, it's also, it never ceases to amaze me, the joy that my dog brings to me every day. <laughs> no matter what's going on in my life, my dog um, brings joy. So I wanted to talk about that today um, and see where that takes us.
1: Yes. Okay. Well, so you want me to respond to that? Sure. Yes. Um, I think the dogs I know, not just my dogs, but I know other dogs. I'm friends with other dogs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is a commonality. They seek joy. Yeah. They live joy. Mm-hmm. And anything that interferes with that, they don't want. Right. So- they don't sit around letting that happen to them all the time. Uh, displeasurable things, or what they do is they either f- fight it or just walk away from it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and they're they're absolutely loyal. Yes, they know you and like you. They will be loyal to you. And if they meet your relatives, whom they've never met before, they will be loyal to them. Yes. But they will know that they are your relatives. They're very perceptive. You know? Yes. And they have, an, they have much more of an intelligence than we humans give them a credit for, because they can relate to us through their senses and mm-hmm. through their subtleties. Mm-hmm. And humans often miss that. They, right. they They don't know that that is happening, you know, that's why humans can, you know, so often one of the terrible things when there's a dog in a family and he's part of the family and he's loved and so on, then they have a child and they get rid of the dog. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, if you had a child and then have another child, you get rid of the first one because <laughs> it's in the way now. Right, right. I know. <laughs> You know, that's, that's a terrible thing for dogs, you know, because uh, in general, animals are very dear, Mm -hmm. very loving, they want to love. So nowadays, where we have all of these YouTube videos, you see videos of, you know, a duck loving a dog or a a cat loving an owl and an owl loving the cat. And of course they I mean the examples of dogs loving people is just, you know, beyond count. Yeah. So we can learn a lot of our from their loving, their patience. Yeah.
0: Uh, In their forgiveness. I, and with my dog.
1: Forgiveness. Yeah. It hurts my heart sometimes how much they forgive the behaviors of humans. Yes.
0: You know? Yes. Yes. And I know I got my dog almost two years ago now. So this was when I got my dog, it was the start of everything shutting down. And I remember when I got him, how my face actually hurt from smiling because I hadn't smiled in such a long time. And this dog, this little 10 pound dog brought so much joy to my life. And Uh as I watched my dog and actually the story of my dog is he was a rescue and they were actually going to put him down because they said he was too aggressive. And the obvious thing was he was in a shelter. He was scared. He hated it, you know, very obvious things. And, you know, since I've had him, I've not once ever had an issue with him. It's been nothing like that. It's been actually the complete opposite, the love, the loyalty, you know, all the things that we've talked about. And as I've seen my dog really, as I watched him when I first got him versus how he is now that not only does he bring me joy, but what I love to experience with him is the way others experience joy when they see him because my dog will, he's a smiler. So when we go on a walk or if I take him to the farmer's market, he is smiling the whole time and he is absolutely loving life. And I'll tell people and, and people will walk up to me, smile. They're smiling because they're watching him smile. And I'll tell people, you know, this is his favorite, this is his favorite day and this is his favorite place because no matter where he is, that's how he acts. He's having the best day of his life and he is loving exactly where he's at. And, and, and people always stop and they'll, they'll comment on that. Like, well, I can tell, or he, he, you know, he's such a loving dog, you know, or, or whatever the comment might be. And I, I seeing that example in my dog, you know, there's so much for me as I observe him like, wow, how can I show up that way in life?
1: Right. And I was just uh, concurrently going to speak about how dogs live in the moment. Yeah. They, I mean, right now is the moment, which is the pleasure of being alive for them. Mm-hmm. And it's not they don't remember anything from the past. Right if you bring them towards anything in the past, maybe if it was happy, their tail will wag before they get there. Yeah. Or they will put their ears and their head down when they remember something that caused them pain.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, or difficulty, censure from us or something like that, you know. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. they live in the moment uh, there. Conscious in the moment, which many humans are not. Right, they are somewhat in the memory of the past, or the fearful anticipation of the future, or at least the concerned or the worried anticipation of the future. Mm -hmm. Dogs don't have that. Right, cats don't have that either.
0: (laughs) I have, I I think, the most laid laid back cat on earth. If, if, uh, and I've had several cats. Um, but this cat is, I've never seen a cat act like this. I always say if he had shoulders, he'd just shrug them and walk out of the room because the cat literally cares about nothing. He just loves to be around people. He wants to be wherever people are, but he just, nothing bothers him. Not, Not even the vacuum, the vacuum doesn't even bother him. He'll just look at it. And when, what you were saying about the perception of dogs, um, I have a friend who I'll take him over to see her and, um. She's currently sick and going through chemotherapy. And and so anyway, it's really for her. She loves seeing the dog. He's very, makes her laugh. He's, you know, he smiles and he's, he loves um, being around her. And there's a certain point every single time we get to the stoplight right before we go to her house he'll start whining in, in, in anticipation and in excitement because he knows where we're at and he knows where we're going. And it's the exact same spot every single time. Right, and, right. and I'll, I'll just look at him and he'll just go, he just knows. And he's like jumping out of his little car seat because he's so, he's so excited. But that perception of that, that he knows that he's aware of that. And he, he responds to that every single time. It still amazes me.
1: You know, my, my, I have one big German shepherd and He's lying at my feet underneath this desk right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. because just before you, uh, I had sessions,
0: uh, mm-hmm.
1: therapy sessions. It's He has, since he was maybe six months old, adopted that when I come down to my office, which is on where I live. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I come down to the office, he goes with me and he lies there in sessions, absolutely quiet, unless somebody cries in the session, and I'm not really trying to make them cry, but Mm -hmm. I think sometimes they do. Yeah. Then he he gets up and comes over to them, puts his head uh, on their hands in their lap and looks up at them, and then they have to smile or laugh because he's concerned, (laughs) you know?
0: Right, how can they not, yeah.
1: And you know, it's like, on my first session is at noon, around 11 o'clock, he starts on Mondays or Thursdays, he starts to get ready to go there, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. come down to the office. I could never go here without him, you know. So they anticipate, they learn, they know, and they, they also like to have a responsibility in life. Yeah. Yeah. That's his responsibility to do these sessions and be a calming influence.
0: Yeah. My dog, I take him for a walk every morning. That's our routine. And we go around the neighborhood every morning, same path. And one of the things I started doing when I got him was when we would wake up and we were getting ready to go, I would hold him and tell him all the great things that were going to happen that day. So we're going to go on the walk. You're going to get to eat you know this treat later on or you're going to get to sit in the office with me while I work you know whatever it is and i'm i i was telling him all the great things for the day and he'd get excited and his head would tilt you know and um he would his ears would kind of turn either direction and i started doing that for him and then i started doing that for myself Cause it was so fun to see the dog get so excited about it. And then i would yeah. start would start doing it for myself. Like, okay, here's the great things that I'm going to do. And then the dog would not, and I would, we would go out on the walk and we would, um, you know, now it's just become such a routine. I don't even think about it. I just get up and I do do that activity. But when I, and when I take him on these walks and and he, I mean, he knows, he knows we get up and he's ready to go. He's sitting there waiting. He's ready to go. And on the day, like if it's raining or if I'm, you know, maybe not, feeling like I'm ready to go quite yet. I mean, he is on guard and ready until I'm ready to take him and he just sits there and waits for me. And I I love seeing that. Um, like we talked about that, that loyalty, but also that, um, again, he shows up every day. Happy. He shows up every day for me. Happy.
1: You know, um, happiness is a choice. Mm -hmm. They make it automatically. Yeah. They have the attitude, why not be happy? That's what I want. I, I'm happy to be happy. Right, so, right. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> and like you were saying, too, they're forgiving. If you interfere with the happiness by, you know, telling them that you can't do this or do that and so on. And they, you know, they may shrink up for a moment. And then as soon as you say, OK, they wag their tail and it's forgotten about and they're happy again. Well it's not entirely forgotten about because they'll learn not to do it again, right some of them do right. <laughs> some of them don't want to right, <laughs> and that's a choice too you know yeah,
0: yeah, my dog I think dreams or does something similar to dreaming because sometimes when he sleeps he'll cry or he'll you know he'll kick his legs right. a little yeah. bit yeah yeah, and i it always um to me it sounds like distress, so I always wake him up because I wake up when he cries like that and I often you know I've looked at my dogs I don't know his history he was like I said I all I know is he was a rescue and what um they had said to the person who rescued him um but my dog was trained very well I mean he he knew commands he was trained um to go on the dog pad he was trained he never had an accident in the house so somebody spent some time with him and cared about him enough to do that and and yeah. um so he has some other previous life. I, I think he was about two when I got him and my, uh, my friend who really loves him. We used to, you know, he'd sit there and he'd kind of be staring out into space when I first got him. And we were always, you know, our comment was always, I wonder what that dog is thinking about because we don't know his history. We don't know where he came from. And I often wonder what those dreams, is he thinking about other things from his previous life? And then forgetting where he's at, you know, I don't know. It's just, um, it's, he does it quite a bit though with the with the crying in his sleep.
1: Well, you know, I think dreams are not about thinking. They mm-hmm. they come from a different dimension of us, yeah. more from yeah. the subconscious, you know? Yeah. And yes, they do dream and you can, sometimes they whine and sometimes they run in their dream. I mean, in place while they're yeah. lying yeah. on their side usually. And, um, but it's actually, I, when when my dog, they do it very seldom, but when they do, I let them let go through it. What do yeah. you think about the idea of letting them process whatever is going on without waking them up? Yeah, even I
0: hadn't, yeah. Even if they're
1: crying out in their dream to let them Yeah. Play-
0: I hadn't thought of that i i hear the distress it sounds to me i take it as distress as right. whining
1: as yeah
0: yeah and i want to help him i, I want to comfort him and that actually is probably um something i should let him do is just go through whatever that is that he's going through
1: yeah 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 i, I think i just had a session before you and mm-hmm. Uh, the person had a dream that was only about three lines. It was so brief, such a sh- short paragraph. And she said, well, I don't know if there's anything in there. And it was very simple. the uh, d- d- a very simple scene was not at all, uh, complicated with many things and so on. And I was, we were, a- I was able to show her where she knew that that's her dream tells you something. Yeah. See? Yes. And the dream was telling her that she's not taking care of the element in her by which she makes decisions mm, and mm-hmm. by which she takes responsibility. Mm-hmm. So in general, we look at that, if we have to name it, as the masculine element, mm-hmm. whereas the feminine I and mean, that's just a convenience uh, idea, you know, so that... Everybody has a masculine and feminine element, and their characteristics in themselves, you know
0: mm-hmm. right
1: if we deny one element uh like an element of decision making an element of uh being responsible to yourself, they usually go go together those two when you don't when you deny that and have somebody else do it for you because you need it in your life mm-hmm. then but it's then lacking in you and so her dream had an element where her left breast was caressed and she went into ecstasy caressed by a man so mm-hmm. the whole dream with i mean i'm giving you a very short synopsis of it, but the whole dream where she is saying to herself, if you were to be exercising your ability to respond, which includes respond to me, to herself, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. If you were to exercise that ability, were responsible and were decisive, you would be so ecstatically happy and satisfied, which is what I talked about in class last Monday. Mm-hmm. and she saw that that's what that dream was telling her. So our dreams tell us things very clearly, and they say, say them in a very simple way. And I think most people, well, first of all, most people don't remember their dreams. Right, yes. And But you can learn to do that. I have them have a pad of paper in, in their... Uh, on their night table and a pen mm-hmm. or pencil mm-hmm. so that, and they can say to themselves at night when I, before I go to sleep, I say to myself, I will try to, my best yes. to remember my dream and write it down. Yes. Amazingly, that happens, you know. mm mm-hmm. But most people don't see what their dream is saying. Right. So th- their dream is saying it to them. It's the subconscious in them speaking to the conscious mind. This is what I, the dreamer, really want. You yes, see?
0: yes, I do, and that's something I've studied over the years, off and on, and done. Like you were saying, tracked my own dreams, really thought about what what does this mean for me? What what is this saying? What is the message here? And interestingly, I have a a recurring dream about one of my cats that died very suddenly. Um, the cat will appear in various dreams and sometimes I'm protecting it. Sometimes it's there just as a, maybe in a a different scene of the dream, but the cat is there. It's just maybe sitting there and, and, and actually my other cat prior to that one too. Um, he, he was, I think 18 when he passed and these cats have made appearances in my dreams. And the interesting thing about the cat that died very suddenly is I always feel very close again to that cat after those dreams. I feel, um, I I really had a hard time with that one because uh, it was so sudden I took her in and that was it. That was it in a couple hours later. And so the, um, those dreams always feel with with this particular cat, very comforting to me because I feel a connection again to that cat as if she was still, in the physical here with me now.
1: Yeah. So the way I would look at that, I would say that your dream is your way of informing you of something that is desired or something that's, that's going on that isn't desired or whatever, uh, but informing you from the subconscious that this wants to be responded to this is yeah what to have you know? yeah so your cats take your dream take certain characteristics of your cats to paint the picture to to the conscious you who is not necessarily as aware as the subconscious sometimes yes not sometimes, but sometimes and so it takes these characteristics to paint the picture that you could understand, by which you could understand yourself.
0: Yes, <laughs> you know? yes, and, yes. And then
1: if you know what that dream says, then it behooves you to respond to what you're saying to yourself by actually acting according or upon that, acting upon that. Do you see what I mean?
0: I do, and which makes me think again about how I used to like you were suggesting, write down dreams, because I'm not sure if we've ever talked about this on here, but I had a re reoccurring dream for probably almost 20 years about an ex-boyfriend from high school. And I didn't even like talking about this dream because I felt somewhat ridiculous still talking about somebody from 20 years ago who I had no contact with, didn't care to, it was really, and so there was a lot of, I felt a lot of, I don't know, guilt maybe, or even shame about having this dream about this person. And always in these scenarios I left, or I would wake up feeling very defeated and very um, kind of off for the whole day after having these dreams. And as I was going through my own inner work over the past couple of years, um, the one thing that used to be something for me that I struggled with was the word alone, that word alone. It, I couldn't even say the word for the longest time because it brought up so emotion, so much emotion and through a lot of inner work and, um, just where I was at and ready to face, I guess. Um, what I realized is the feelings that I felt in those dreams about the X were my definition of what it felt like to be alone. Like I finally made the connection for myself of what that was and what that
1: yeah what that was so, saying to me yeah now sloan i'm trying to not go into this dream because it wouldn't be appropriate you know uh we're not going to interpret the dream right, right. but i would say the reason you've had to had to have that dream is you you talking to yourself for 20 years means you haven't listened
0: yeah yeah
1: you responded and yes you you already let the cat out of the bag. You felt ashamed. You did not accept what the dream was telling you. You felt ashamed and so on. You put outer stuff in in yes. your response to the inner stuff that was trying to come up. Does that make sense to you?
0: It does, yes, and you're exactly yes. right.
1: And-, and and there there is the problem with interpreting dreams. Mm-hmm. I I think most people cannot interpret their dreams yes not that they're not smart enough it's just they don't get it people don't get it and i think most other people interpreting your dreams is also very dangerous yes because they put their stuff on there the stuff that's going on in them put it on there, including psychologists and so on yes um i trust mine my interpretations only in terms of the response of the dreamer when they talk to me about it i'll go step by step only a little little bit at a time checking with them on that does this ring true to you does this what i'm just saying does yeah. this feel true to you then when when they're clear about yes or when they're saying I don't know, I don't know, I can't feel that. Then that means I don't want to have it my interpretation. I want to interpret what there is. Yes, you know? yes. And What there is, is often absolutely clear, except for the dreamer. Well, unless there, there is something that I can see what a dream is about.
0: Like what you hear so far? Take what you've learned and invest in yourself with the Create What You Speak Academy. Visit createwhatyouspeak.com to learn more. Now back to the show.
1: The moment I look at it in the beginning, it looks to me as empty or confusing as it would to the dreamer. Mm -hmm. Then I go through it and say, okay, there's this and this and this and this. And then it becomes very clear. And then we start talking about it together and it becomes like, oh, the joy. Dr- I am saying to myself that I refuse to take respon. I I shy away from taking responsibility, which means then responsibility for myself.
0: Yeah. yeah. Also,
1: or most of all, right? I, mm-hmm. I I shy away from taking responsibility, and therefore I also shy away from taking action. And therefore, I also shy away from being strong and clear with myself, you know. So that's what this, and the dream is saying, if you don't shy away from them, that you have pleasure that is as high as ecstasy. Her dream said that. You see, her dream said that. And then you say to yourself then, well, what good is it for me to shy away from responsibility which is just the ability to respond right exercising your ability to respond responsibility what good is it for me to deny that my dream says that's where my greatest pleasure would lie if i were to be so empowered as to be responsible that also means to be in touch with myself and to be able to listen or feel myself and so on Yes. And so as you said something earlier about relationship with yourself, you know?
0: Yes, and that you know, we talk about on all of our other episodes, we've talked about loving ourselves enough to do to do this, right? To to take um, the time to interpret the message that your dream is is saying to you. And it's very easy to in the case of the dream I mentioned about the ex, I was so fixated on the fact that it was the ex, I couldn't see anything else of the message because I was so focused on, well, why is he showing up? And in he and it wasn't even about him, but I made it about him that in my mind. That is the point. Yes. That is
1: the point. Has nothing to do with him. Yes. But he, his, your relationship with him reminds you of certain facets of you. Yes. And the relationship to those facets is here addressed in your yes. dream. Yes. Yes. Whether, whether you could, the dream could be expressing that you want those facets to be more expressed, or it might be saying it's wonderful that those pres- those facets are expressed in your life, you know?
0: yes and and i know it
1: it clear to you by how you feel in the dream you know
0: yes it took me 20 years but yes i finally get it and i can say now i I don't have that dream anymore it's that's been probably over a year maybe even more but yes i understand it now
1: have you made true what the dream wanted you to know and and act upon
0: yes there's a long list. And like you said, I don't want to go into all the details no, of it because no, 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 no. honestly, I'm not prepared. It, it, it was, there was a lot there. There was a lot to unpack. Um, and I think that was also, it was also very confronting to unpack those things as, as I went through it. But, um, that's that, that was where what needed to happen. And I mean, it, it's, it's easy to look back now and, and see that's what that was. Right. But as, just like with the the person you worked with. But as I was going through it, I can remember those days. And sometimes I'd have the dream five times a week and I'd wake just be exhausted by the end of the week from, from the drain on, on my interpretation of it at the time. Um, of course, it's always easy to look back and, and interpret what, when you know something, but at the time I just didn't know it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, what you're talking about unpacking, Um uh... Was that good for you to unpack that?
0: Yes, it was what was keeping me stuck.
1: Okay. So could you see then having unpacked it and moving ahead is actually pleasurable and, and valuable and good for your life? Completely. So there, yes. There is the lesson in that. How, yes. Why did I avoid that for 20 years? You see, why did it take so long? Next time I don't have to.
0: Yes, my avoidance, and I know mine was to avoid pain. And my avoidance of the pain for 20 years was a million times worse than just going through the unpacking. was
1: the cause of a lot of pain. Exactly. Whereas whereas unpacking it doesn't cause pain. No. Unpacking pain causes success and freedom and pleasure.
0: Yes, and I can see that completely. I've, I've experienced that as we, as we talk about
1: increases it.
0: Yes. Yes. And, you know, we talk about every time we talk about experiencing it, right. Not taking your word for it, experiencing it. And that's what I experienced. I, and I can remember coming to that realization and actually starting to like, I actually laughed. I was like, that's what this was. Like this whole time I was trying to hide and escape and, you know, not face it. And in the end it was, it was, what was keeping me stuck and holding me back from the things that I wanted.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, so the, yeah, there's, we could go on for hours about dreams, I'm sure. But um, so let's go back to, to our topic about what pets teach us about life. Um, We've kind of went several different directions with that today. And I guess the reason why I wanted to talk about this was because for myself, I think I, I don't know. There's been my, pretty much my whole life. I've always had a pet. I've um, since I was young, I've always loved animals. I've always, um, you know, required that in my life really to have that type of companionship. And what I really wanted to just mention or talk about today was that how, just how much we can, we can learn how much our pets show us every day if we if we're present enough to be with them and see what they're showing us um yes. there's been times where I've you know had pets and I walk in and out of the door and I didn't even acknowledge them or stop to pet them yeah. you know and i I look back on that now and you know no, that's not how I want to interact with my pets, but that those inner- those short quick interactions when when you you're able to do that with your pet um you know there's that feeling inside that's like. Like, there's nothing better than when I get home and my dog is turning Obviously. in circles and wagging his tail.
1: That's another point. Even though you may have disregarded them on the, their way out, they will just treat you with the greatest joy and pleasure. <laughs> when you come back, they don't hold a grudge. Right.
0: I know. Mm-hmm. And I watched my dog do that. I remember the first time that I, you know, I don't know, I maybe I was, um, whatever, I brushed him off, I was tired, whatever come back into the room and he's greeting me like he's just seen me for the first time in a month. And I remember experiencing that and being just like, wow, like, like just it, there's these examples right in front of me that I'm not taking full advantage of, I guess is how it felt when I first started seeing this with my own dog.
1: Yeah, well, when we talk about them not holding a grudge, that is similar to what I was talking about before that they live in the present, right? They, they don't hold on to negativity. Yes. Humans. There are a lot of humans who make it their life task to collect <laughs> negative experiences, hold on to them and share them yes. with others. They yes. want, want others to feel the negativity too.
0: Yeah. And they, you're Animals exactly right. Don't do
1: Animals don't do that.
0: No, no, they don't. And, you know, I had a, an experience with my cat that his name is Mitch. And he, again, is the most laid back cat ever. And, um, he, he rarely ever does anything bad, but one time he did, he he was t- tearing up something or something. And I got, I kind of raised my voice at him and I was like, Mitch, stop. And I got kind of mad because I thought he was going to shred whatever it was. And I wanted it. And And he did something so disarming. He just sat down and looked at me. He didn't run yeah. off. He yeah. didn't, you know, recoil or anything. He just sat down and looked at me. And I remember I was so caught off guard and it really, it was very disarming. I was like, wow. Again, another example of a pet, just not, you know, showing you a different way. And and I've never, ever, ever raised my voice, even in my dog. I don't rarely, if ever, because he doesn't, but I've never, that, that really changed my view. Once he did that, that was like an experience I had that felt um, really different. With an animal, so
1: if, if a person were to do something negative to you, and if it's appropriate, you were to, to sit down and just look at the person instead of fighting them, like, right? Stand right, stand or sit there and just look at them, right? How disarming that would be! So I know you learned a valuable lesson for I this did, back. yeah, I
0: did, yeah. And and I feel the same with my dog. Every day I'm learning those kinds of things. And um, so anyway, I, I just wanted to talk about that today. It's a fun topic. Um, hopefully the listeners maybe start to look at their pets in a different way. Start to see the lessons that the pets, um, and that could be any pet. It doesn't necessarily have to be a dog or a cat. It can be any pet, any any pet that you have.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, fish are somewhat less easy to read than dogs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's true. I will give any any sort of yeah, any fish anything like that. But um <laughs> yeah, it's uh pets are amazing and um I thought it would be a fun topic for today.
1: Yeah. Yet I I've seen videos of sharks cuddling with people.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, and and when they're in the the people will be in the cage and the shark will come up or even like you see um the dolphins or like the really big, I'm not sure whales of some type and they're playing ball back and forth in the boats and stuff like those kinds of things are, you know, you see those things and it's just the amazement of what, what animals do and how they Mm -hmm. interact with humans.
1: Now, another thing with animals, mostly they're honest. Yeah. I say mostly because my dogs, like I have a little dog, a schnauzer, she mm-hmm. lies sometimes, She <laughs> lies. but it's mostly about food mm. that she hasn't been fed.
0: Mm-hmm. I have one like that.
1: She's never fed enough, but she also comes up with, you didn't feed me. And she has mm-hmm. that, because I know that, because she has that look with her that stares at me, that signals, now is time to feed me. Mm-hmm. And I can feed her. And she wolf it down and half an hour later comes with that same look, sits <laughs> in front of me, stares at me. Now is time to feed me, which implies you didn't feed me before. Right, right. But otherwise, like my German shepherd, the German shepherd doesn't, the, the male, he's like almost three years old. He doesn't mm-hmm. know how to lie. Mm-hmm. He, he doesn't even know the concept. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's also because he's <laughs> males, males are a little are less uh, subtle about a lot of things. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <clears throat>
0: My dog I does I this. can
1: say that about him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My dog does this thing with his food that I call um the sniff and stare because he'll sniff the food and then he'll stare into space as if why did you give me this? Right? Yes, and he wants <laughs> he wants something on it, either these little, these treats I have just, you know, little toppers or, you know, whatever it is. And um, it's an interesting thing when your dog becomes, you know, well, I call him a little man diva because he'll, he'll play these games with his food. And for a while I played the game. I didn't know. I thought, you know, well, I was just supposed to do this or, you know, as I was getting to learn him and now I've realized his games with food. And so I, it was really hard for me just to walk away and leave it and if he was hungry he would eat it. and that was really hard for me at first because you know i'm like well it's food aren't you hungry you've eaten this before why is today any different but i've noticed he plays games in that way and i have to learn not to play back.
1: So the conclusion is they will manipulate you if you let them.
0: Yes. Yes and i had to stop i had to stop put a put a stop to that. Um but you know when they're so cute it's hard. What? I said when they're so cute it's hard. I just You know, feel like I I want to play the game.
1: Well, also, if you want to be manipulated, you let them. Well, very good point. (laughs) Very good point. (laughs) Yes.
0: My guest this week has been Dr. Erhard Vogel, author of many books. And the most recent book is A Dialogue with Death, The Teacher of Life, An Ancient Story for the Modern World. So, Erhard, do you have any closing thoughts today on the topic of what our pets can teach us about life?
1: Relationship. Yeah. They teach they are the best relationship partners, and if you f- learn from them and become a relationship partner like they are, you'll have wonderful, loving, joyous, blissful relationships.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. What yeah. And what my biggest lesson from my dog is the, the living in the moment and seeing him just always happy and yeah. how much joy he brings to other people with his happiness.
1: And if he has pain, he gets over it as quickly as possible. Yeah. My, my German shepherd had his stomach turned over, which is mm. very unusual for a young dog mm-hmm. it is, is not unusual for a, uh, tall a large dog or okay. a horse or something like that and what happens then when the stomach twists over it shuts off the blood supply to the liver and the pancreas mm-hmm. and other organs you know kidneys especially and that happened to him to some degree and he was in the hospital for 11 days oh wow which is a lot yeah Uh, even though the stomach was returned to its original position uh, in the first day at the vet but because of the the kidneys he had to stay because his count was quite Mm wrong so the thing was I would go and visit him and you could see that this was a special occasion for him he was very very happy and very sweet and loving and so on and then when the vet came or the assistant came to pick him up he didn't want to go but yeah. he went because he does what he needs to do you know yeah. that kind yeah. of thing. um but the relationship was so sweet and so strong with him and so trusting he trusted me yeah. that i would come back that this situation that he had been in, 11 days is an eternity for a dog, especially when he doesn't know when he's going to, if he's going to ever get picked up again.
0: Right.
1: He trusted and he was so peaceful and calm once he was home, in spite of the fact that he had a lot of pains, Mm you know, Mm -hmm. but they cope with things because they focus on, their life is focused on what is the important thing. Yeah. Yeah. that I exist right now and that I'm with the environment and the person that I love. That's mm-hmm. it. I live that. I enjoy that. I can be lying down because I'm so weak, but I'm not too weak to, to not wag my tail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. they wag their tail when you come by, even though they're in pain and they're weak. Yeah.
0: You know, I have the same experience with my dog with the trust because I take him um, you know, every so many weeks to get his nails trimmed and um, I don't like to do it myself. So I take him in to get that done. And the assistants there at the veterinary office fight over who gets to hold him because they all love him so much because he's so calm when he goes in uh-huh. there and he'll put his paw. She says he'll just put his paw on her hand and just wait for her to trim his nails. But oh. it's a very similar thing because he trusts that He's gonna that I'm gonna be there for him. You know, he knows I'm yes. gonna I'm gonna come back.
1: And actually, it's they are not being uh, difficult or something. That's a very frightening situation. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed they don't even like to have their paw held?
0: Yeah, my no. brother's dog is like that. Yeah, they not... don't
1: because yeah. that impinges their freedom to run away if there's danger. Or so you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. It impinges upon that freedom. And so for him to put the paw his paw in the uh, person's hand is the ultimate sign of trust. Yeah. So he, he said, so they do remember, they live in the moment, but they remember from the past. I did this before I was afraid, but it turned out to be okay. So I shouldn't keep on being afraid. And that's a lesson to learn. That is, yeah. Because human beings, they hold on to their pain and add to it, and more and more and more, and repeat it, and think it, and feel it over and over again. When the cause of pain is long gone,
0: I totally agree. I mean, there's uh, there's just so many lessons in our from our pets. And again, if we're willing to if we're willing to slow down enough and pay attention and, and listen, I think it's um, pets are amazing. And I want to thank you, Earhart, for joining us and for talking about pets.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you have different ideas, Sloan.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Try to keep everybody guessing.
1: (laughs) (coughs) Yes. Well, it's been a pleasure to talk with you again.
0: You as well. And you've been listening to the Create What You Speak podcast brought to you by webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and your favorite podcasting platform. I'm Sloan Fremont and I hope you'll join me for the next episode of the Create What You Speak podcast, where we will continue to free our minds, expand our consciousness, and untangle those thoughts and patterns that keep us from living the life we desire. Check out my website, SloaneFremont.com to learn more.